Welcome to a weekly off podcast, hosted by Chad and Julie Cannon, my mommy and dad. You might be wondering who that adorable voice was at the beginning of our podcast. That is our daughter, Crew. She is five years old. My name is Julie. I am She Tees Off. My husband is Chad. He is He Tees Off. And the three of us were the original members of We Tee Off. Uh, we started our journey as a family in golf two years ago, around the time the world sort of shut down with COVID. And since then, it has been a wild ride. And so about six months ago, we had the idea to start this podcast and to share a little bit about our golf journey and to hopefully uh, encourage people to get into a sport um, that we have found has made us closer as a family. It has uh, taken us to places we would have never thought we would have traveled before, and we have met some of the most incredible people along the way. So we thought, why not sit down and record a little bit of our story and get some of our friends on the podcast and um, just interview people about what golf means to them. Uh, We have found it to be something to be far more than just a game, to be something that brings people together, um, to be something that helps us unplug and sort of get away from uh, just the pressures of everyday life. Uh, And all around, it just brought us together as a family. Um, It is not an exaggeration to say that that golf has, has made us just better. It's made us better as a family. It's made us better as individuals and it's um taken us to some places that we're really grateful for so if you have found yourself here we're so glad to have you welcome um in this episode we're going to be sharing a little bit about our personal story about how we started in golf uh and where it's taken us and so without further ado here is the first episode of the we tee off podcast Welcome to the first episode of the We Tee Off podcast. Uh, Julie and I are here. Welcome, Julie. Well, hello. This is exciting, right? I know. The, the inaugural episode of We Tee Off. It's been, feels like months in the making uh, to do this. We're sitting around our kitchen table, got our five-year-old upstairs with the TV show and just trying to, to make it happen. So That we are. Which is, as you probably heard her lovely voice in the intro, um, the idea around We Tee Off. I'm curious, Julie, why, why that name? Just initially, just kind of what's the goal of the podcast? And Yeah, I think we were, where were we in Bend? In July of 2020, you were on a sabbatical. And I'm a photographer by trade. Um, used to do it, I guess, for a living before we had crew. Um, and I was taking a bunch of pictures of our trip. We were at Brasada Ranch, which is in central Oregon, the Bend area. And I was wanting to post, um, photos to the Instagrams, but I didn't want to clog my feed with all of the golf photos. And, um, up to that point, golf had been so much fun for us. I was like, well, let's start a golf account. And I'm kind of big on coming up with names. I like to come up with names. I've named churches and books and all kinds of things. And so I don't remember exactly when the name came to me, but I thought, hmm, she tees off. So she tees off was the first one um, that I came up with. And I thought that I would just kind of show pictures of me teeing off at different places. But then I'm not sure when it expanded, but it expanded into he tees off and then we tee off. 
Um, and so we tee off as kind of this encompassing idea of um, Chad and myself and crew as a family unit, um, but also um, the bigger idea of we tee off as a community. Um, really, it includes all of you, anybody who is a golfer or who wants to golf or who loves golf or, you know, who has been positively impacted by golf. So um, it just be, kind of became this broader thing. And we've been posting photos of just some of our journeys and reflections. Um, and we've enjoyed it so much and we've enjoyed the game so much that um, we thought about doing a podcast. So here we are. Um, I think we have kind of an exciting vision for where it could go. So I don't know if you want to talk a little bit more about that. Yeah. You know, the marketer and me, you know, when she came up with the idea, she tees off. We obviously looked, it was, it was available pretty much across all social media accounts, URLs, same thing with he tees off and we tee off. It was like, oh man, this could be something, you know, and that was July of 2020. And golf at that time was just an amazing kind of healing experience for us, you know, and we, uh, were are fairly new to the game of golf. At least I am. Well, you are. Yeah, I am. So uh, this podcast is going to be eventually, like season one, we're planning on rolling out at least 12 episodes, potentially 15. The rest of the episodes will be interview style, and we're excited to share with you towards the end of today's podcast about who we've got locked and loaded for season one. It is uh, way more than we thought, you know, just from uh, the name and the recognition that we ever thought possible on the podcast. But one of the reasons why I wanted to do this is just golf is about the people we've met along the way. And the people we're going to meet along the way has just uh, been a huge blessing to our lives. Uh, and thanks to COVID, uh, we as a family have picked up golf and, uh, you know, started posting about our adventures, and even involving our five-year-old crew. And to the point where there were multiple couples or even people that guys that were like, man, I feel like I'm cheating my family by going out and golfing and talking to us about, hey, how do I actually take my kids out, even give my wife a break and you know, I, I think it's like 12 or 13 couples potentially now that have like picked up the game or wanting to do more together because of the inspiration of kind of just our accounts. And that's, you know, for us, it's all about growing the game of golf and seeing it as potentially a family opportunity to get outside away from home and just see the beauty of God's creation. I know that's what it's meant to me. You know, Julie and I have been married 15 years and she's been trying to get me into golf from the moment she met me. She grew up playing. I had given up. And I think, I don't know, third or fourth anniversary, she we went out and bought clubs. I think I used them two or three times. Uh, you know, I was in sales and marketing, and so I'd gone out, company, I'd gone out with our CEO and playing a nine-holer in San Diego and enjoyed it, but it wasn't something that I, like, just loved. And I just say I was so driven by my career, I could not imagine, you know, not imagine, I just wasn't open to carving out four hours on top of what else I was doing. I was so driven by my career. And I guess you could say climbing the corporate ladder that just didn't make sense. Um, and then, so remember that conversation, I guess it was four weeks into COVID and we were having that conversation with, I'll let you kind of just share from your perspective what happened there. Yeah. So, um, I grew up golfing. Um, my sister actually, um, decided that she wanted to play golf. Um, in high school, and so my family um, bought a membership to a municipal course in Klamath Falls, Oregon, a small town in southern Oregon, and we ended up going out as a family quite a bit. My sister, um, probably if she played, would be better than me. She's really good, 
Um, but she kind of got us all into the game um, and sort of accidentally um, showed us something that we loved. Uh, I was a two-sport athlete in high school and got injured and um, became more passionate about golf then. So when I married Chad, um, I was hoping he would want to golf. And I had really given up. Um, like I said, we tried uh, three or four years into our marriage when we had no kids and were footloose and fancy free and he wanted nothing to do with it. It was too slow, blah, blah, blah. Such a regret. What the heck was I thinking? <laughs> no kids. We could have... I was traveling all the time for work. Yeah. We could have just had the world at our fingertips playing golf. Yeah, we had fun though. But so um, when COVID hit, um, I'm sure you all can still remember those first days of sort of being in the home. And I know there was much bigger things going on in the world than, you know, kind of being locked away in our homes. But I do think it shifted our perspective a lot, um, kind of as individuals and made us look at our lives differently. And so we ended up on a Zoom, which was like the cool thing back then, right? You would get on Zoom and see people because we couldn't see people any other way. So we ended up on a Zoom with Jeff and Elise Marsh, two of our good friends. Jeff Marsh is probably one of one of the, if not the most talented, just raw talent photographer that I know, but they're great friends and even better people. And um, uh, what's his handle? We'll have to at Jeff Marsh. I don't at know. Jeff K, the letter K Marsh. Jeff K Marsh. Stud. Look him up on Instagram if you love golf and you love photography. And he's a great storyteller too. Um, but I digress. So we ended up on the phone with him and golf came up and, um, I guess I didn't quite understand how much Chad's ears perked, but I think he was having cabin fever and thinking irrationally. And so he was like, Oh, maybe golf. And I was like, Oh, okay. Well, let's... That was, it was like the only thing still deemed essential because you could be outside yeah, it was and an essential safe activity. and it was an essential activity, which kind of funny, like no one ever talks about essential activities anymore, but yeah. it was at that moment. Well, yeah. So, um, so then before we knew it, we were, um, Googling golf clubs and Jeff was kind of giving us some recommendations. And, um, I think four or five days later, there were two sets of clubs on our, um, doorstep. Thank you. Yeah. UPS, FedEx, whoever. Carl's and golf land. I just started Googling. Sorry. We got our dog in the background. Uh, this is we tee off really? all of us. The whole we Cannon household <laughs> is participating in this pod. Um, but yeah, so I asked Jeff towards the end of that call, um, you know, Hey, what should I buy? Like I had no clue. I didn't know anything about draw types of the driver and shafts and all, you know, the degree of clubs and everything. And he just said, Hey, buy M force, you know, they're fairly forgiving and, uh, tailor made's good, good quality and literally knew nothing. But I went and started just kind of putting our bag together. Uh, I didn't know that like the max clubs, you know, number of clubs you could have was 14, but started just kind of piecing it together. And within a couple of weeks we had, we each had 14 clubs in the bag and, uh, started going out and, and playing. And, uh, you know, I grew up, I grew up, you know, she kind of teased us a little bit, but I grew up playing baseball, basketball, you know, watching football, all that kind of the ball sports growing up. We kind of made fun of golf being golf, golf is being a ball the, sport. Well, golf being the sleepy sport that you fall asleep to on Sunday. You know, Which that that's was, actually another very that's a, that, that, nice that, thing about golf. <laughs> I still fall asleep to it on a Sunday. And wake up for the 17 and 18 hole of the final grouping on Sunday. Um, but uh, I can just remember the first time I started playing and just hitting the ball, being a former baseball player, just how fun it really was. And just, I mean, I, I get chills just kind of thinking about that first time on the range and the experience and 
Um, but until you go out and play the first round and seeing something that Julie and I could do together and we both enjoyed, uh, is just an experience that I just, I can't imagine not having in our life right now. And it's what it's opened our doors and opportunities up in the last 18 months, our journey to where we're at today, which hopefully we'll have time to cover in today's pod. But, uh, I just, I look back just so thankful, like what the game is meant to me and we don't have time to kind of hopefully over the pod over the next couple of years, we'll be able to flesh that out that we'll never be able to do this in this one episode, but it's probably been the best healing experience for me for some stuff that, you know, has gone on in our life, but also just feeling close to you and being, getting the opportunity to see our family thrive and be outside and our daughter running up and down the fairway and playing in the sand and bringing toys and, um, the people we've met. And just, you know, I think also like we've played, I don't know, I think 25 of the top 100 courses over the last two years. Yeah. Huge blessing. Uh, you know, one of the, you always say, what do you say about me when I, when I go out and do something, we go all out, right? Oh yeah. We, we, um, it's zero to 60 in like half a second. I do have to say, um, we went to the masters. We'll, we'll probably tell you some of the other things, but we went to the masters, the, the masters, the one in Augusta, Georgia in what? 2019. 2019. The year Tiger so, one. In my mind, I was thinking, okay. Because this was still, we hadn't started golfing yet. In my mind, I was like, this is going to be the thing that's going to get Chad into golf. Like, this is it. It's happening at the Masters. I mean, it's the year Tiger won. Like, how much better does it get? Yeah, so we were there Thursday and Friday. So we were there when he was making the, you know, the roars on Friday afternoon. I mean, he was charging up the leaderboard. I mean, that was a fun, fun experience. Yeah. He liked it, but it was crickets on golf. So anyway... Um, well, it's one of those things that you see these people performing. It's like, there's no way what's so great. What i also love about golf is like, like, I was like, okay, I could, obviously can never be Tiger Woods, but like someday I could potentially play the game of golf on a, at Augusta. Well, yeah. You could play potentially the same. You know? I mean, we've played at courses where Aaron Hills, where yeah. they've, you know, but like, tournaments, you know, basketball, and football, Bay. like how likely is it that I'm going to go be able to shoot hoops at Staples center yeah. or go play football at soldier field? Like that's just not going to happen yeah. or, you know, play catch at Wrigley field. Uh, but that's, what's great about golf. Yeah. You know, like my buddy Stedman, uh, got to play whistling straights the day after the Ryder cup this year. Like yeah. how cool is that? Pretty cool. Lots of, yeah, just lots of fun opportunities. Um, so, so. We've, we've had a lot of, and we're not gonna be able to cover everything on the pod today, but we've had some really fun adventures over the last year. Um, I, I, I think back to the moment at Brasada ranch, uh, we were, and we were the, moment. the moment, the <laughs> moment. Uh, you know, where Julie got a hole in one, our daughter was with us yeah. and it was an elevated tee and I don't know, nine iron, 115, 120 out. Yeah. And we were there the day before, you know, so we were playing Versailles Ranch. We played it, I don't know, 10 days in a row. And, mm-hmm. uh, so different pin placements, you kind of knew, like you were talking about the day before, like if you hit this ridge. Well, we were roll. actually, we were actually playing with a kid, um, yep. the day before, um, he paired up with us and he's like. He was talking about how you needed to hit it to the right and hit the ridge and roll down. And I mean, I really kind of credit this guy that we played with for helping me because that was my strategy. And yeah, I hit it, hit the ridge. The pin placement was in the place where you hit the ridge and it rolled down. And it was, it probably had to roll into the pin. How many feet? I mean, seven to eight feet probably more. I think it was yeah. more. It was a pretty long roll. So it was like, it was cool because you can't, sometimes it's blind. But I was elevated and you saw it hit and you saw it roll. And in my mind, I was like, I think that's going in. Like I, I was saying it to myself, but you just, it's such a surreal moment. And it just rolled 
down and in the pin. And I, I freaked out. I mean, I'm not the kind of person, Chad's the emotive person in the family. I'm not the kind that shows my joy or, or real, I mean, I'm not the kind to show my joy in like a screaming, almost like a kid fashion, but it brought that out in me. Um, and Chad sort of alluded to this and I think it's important. So we'll just say it is that we had, um, we've struggled to get, to get pregnant. And I'm sure that there's probably people listening who, who are through that, have been through that experience or are going through that experience. And it's been years. Um, our little girls adopted, I actually got pregnant, um, very miraculously. And we miscarried the baby four days before we went on, um, the trip for Chad's sabbatical. So that hole in one, um, was, I think it was just like such a release and such a, you can have all this sorrow, but you can have all this joy. And that's really what this game has done for us. And so when we say that it's been a healing journey, it really has been, it really helped us heal from that. Like, and that's not a understatement at all. Um, and so anyway. yeah, I was, I remember, so your mom had a hole in one, maybe a year or two before. Mm, yeah. And then, so I was sharing, you know, we came back, your parents were with us staying at the house. They weren't with us playing at the time, but we texted them and like, oh my gosh, they met us kind of at the clubhouse, we were coming back and your dad said to me, like in tears, like she needed that. Yeah. And how, you know, and he doesn't have one. And so he's like, <laughs> he's jealous about Not it. Sorry, that we Ed. remind him. Sorry that we don't. Yeah. Sorry, Ed. Um, so coming, you know, a year, almost a year later, less than maybe 11 months. So we won't talk about that quite yet, but just teaser. I ended up getting a hole in one, which yeah. I never, I've never thought about having a hole in one, whatever. But so our journey, we started playing and we went to kind of local munis and we had a bad experience at a local muni where people were hitting into us behind us and kind of cussing Julie out and me out. And we were just like, man, this is not the type, you know, and I, for those of you that are new or trying to get into the game, like I know, like it, w- it would take me whole three or four for my blood pressure to go down. And like Julie would be like, you can just walk. Like I would run from the <laughs> he green was, to the cart. He would run. Because <laughs> uh, I wanted just to get, I didn't want people on yeah, hold one to be like, this guy's the, the beginner. He doesn't know what yeah. he's doing. And, you know, I talked to anyone that's new to the game or that's even a, a female that's trying to get into the game when it feels very dominated by men, uh, that, that that is a feeling, yeah. you know? And so <clears throat> I would say it probably took me till hole three or four before I ever felt comfortable for the first three or four months of pick playing the game. And so, you know, I knew nothing about joining a country club or anything like that. We lived in Brentwood, Tennessee. And so we ended up joining a country club just a few miles away. And I really looked into it thinking it was like going to be this crazy expensive thing. And when I really priced it out, it wasn't going to be that much more than, you know, going, at least you knew what you were getting ourselves into. That's what we talked ourselves into. And so Nashville Golf Athletic Club became our home club and started playing. We traveled a lot and played, but that was kind of our, our home and, Date night every Thursday night, we typically yeah. play around and go grab dinner. Um, typically, eat in the truck because <laughs> you know we were go, it was COVID. Um, but then it was about a year, well, well, eighteen months into p- playing golf, so almost a year ago in December, we were just kind of this just happened. Um, kind of our life got flipped upside down, and golf has caused that. And so I'll let you kind of just share that that moment of uh, post Christmas. Yeah. Uh, you know, me being restless and what yeah. that, what that caused. Yeah. I, I also think it's important to mention that, um, part of the reason why we felt like we needed or wanted to join a, a private club was because Nashville doesn't actually have a great selection of municipal courses. And I am, I have just as much fun on a small town or big town municipal course as I do on some of 
the more, you know, sand valleys and, um, chambers Bay that we played, I think golf is amazing. It is amazing and can be amazing anywhere, but there, there wasn't really much by our house, uh, at all really. Um, well, and the, the one public course that's here in Franklin, Tennessee, you can't get on Franklin. Really. It's like it, yeah. literally, I think someone said like a couple months ago that it was the most played golf course in 2020 in yeah. the nation Yeah, because there's no public courses around. Yeah. And the so game just blew up. I think that's unfortunate. I, I think because of the game, um, because of, of the way it's going, there's going to be more, but it takes a lot of land and a lot of money to build a golf course. But, um, anyway, so we were supposed to travel for Christmas, um, uh, last year. And I think we're all familiar with the dreaded canceled plans because of this, that, and the other thing. We decided to stay home, take a family time. And I kind of told Chad at the beginning of the break, I said, I want to take like three or four or as many days as I can and stay in my pajamas and do nothing. And his eyes got big and he was like, that makes him nervous. Um, uh, but he was like, okay, so w- we can do that, sure. Um, and then so we stayed home for Christmas, and Christmas was kind of funny. It was just the two of us. And then crew um, was with us. Well, crew was with us, but it was just us as a family. There was no extended family around. Um, and that day, um, actually, a bomb went off in our city. Um, it was went off downtown, and that was just weird. Our phones went out. Um, it was just a, it was an odd Christmas. So uh, we had made plans to go see some friends. Um, a couple of days after Christmas and we were headed down there and we were discussing kind of like, um, or dreaming about the future. And we had actually talked a lot about buying a property in Oregon or a second home in Oregon or something, you know, like a Brasada ranch near a golf course on a golf course. Cause my family at the time still lived there. Well, they still do, but they're moving here. Um, to a, to really to escape the heat of Nashville in July and August, we yeah. always kind of, we always spend at least two or three weeks in, in Oregon. So the thought was, Let's buy a place, invest, rent it, but be able to use it a few weeks a year. Yeah. So he never, never really loved that idea. Um, but I was telling him on the way down to go see our friends, I'm like, there's just nothing that compares to the beauty of the Pacific Northwest here. And I, I'm not snobby about it. Tennessee's beautiful. I mean, it's got its own kind of beauty, but, um, I had really been craving like something that made me feel like I was at home. Um, this is home, but Oregon feels like home. So we were driving down to see our friends and we were driving through this kind of corridor that we don't drive through very often. Ever. We've not, neither Ever. one of us have been there. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, you know, telling him like, this is really pretty through here. Um, I really think this is like kind of pretty. And, and that was it. I just told him it was pretty and we went to our friend's house. So the next day, um, we are sitting in the living room. I can picture this perfectly. Um, I was, uh, in my pajamas uh, like I wanted to do. And I could just like, in Chad, our trusty Eames chair. Yeah. Chad was over there tapping his foot and I could just tell he was anxious to like do I, something. I was in the, no, playroom. you were tapping. Your I was foot. in the playroom with crew. Um, you're going to find out that we, counseling.com. we have a lot of, you know, mis misremembering of stories and uh, fun banter between the two of us, but in this I'm case, normally right. In this case, so you know, everyone, I can picture it. And I was like, we've got to do something. We've got to get out of the house. Call, just call our friend, Ben, Um, we kind of had a goal to play, um, this course called Troubadour. Um, we had heard about it, um, but didn't know much about it. It was a little bit of a mystery at that time. Um, but we have a friend who is a member out there, lived out there. And I said, just call Ben and I don't know, figure something out. Maybe we can see it. I don't know. Um, so he called our friend, um, Ben. Well, so what had happened is I had ran into Ben, I don't know, maybe six weeks before, before Thanksgiving was like November and he was wearing a hat. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've heard amazing things. And so he started telling me, he's like, hey, whenever you want to come out, just let me know. And so Julie 
was uh, you were looking up and you yeah. re, you said hey like just real estate he's like i just want to kind of see what this place troubadour is all about and i said well i'll text ben and just see you know it's a pretty it's from what I, every, this like mystique route is like pretty private so you kind of have to put your name in and so i said well i'll call him and just put our name in and we'll be able to just drive around like that was what i thought we would do that day yeah so back up to the day before that we were going down to our friend's house when I was saying it was kind of pretty and reminded me of Oregon, there were these kind of random houses in, in the middle of really kind of farmland. It's pretty, pretty rural. And I was kind of wondering, I, I think I even said, I'm like, what is this? What are these random houses out here in the middle? It looks really pretty. Didn't take a second thought about it. So Ben says, yeah, come on out, put your name in. So we get in the car and we head out and we sure enough take off on the same route that we were on the day before that I was saying reminded me of Oregon. And we kept on driving and, you know, got to the place, trusty Google Maps, and it says, you may turn left onto Lanceleaf Drive or whatever. And um, there it was. It was the place that we had passed yesterday that I was saying reminded me of Oregon, and this was random cluster of houses um, that we had passed by. So we found ourselves at Troubadour. Yeah. And so Ben was just, you know, generous enough with his time where he was like, hey, meet me in my house, and we'll hop in the golf cart, and we'll go look around. And so... You know, just picture this, Ben. So Ben Crane, uh, who's actually going to be the first guest on the WeTF podcast, and the next episode will be with Ben Crane. Um, we hop in, me, Julie, and Ben, and crew, sitting in a two golf two seater golf cart. Uh, you know, and it's cold. <laughs> oh, I and, remember that now. Uh, you know, the literally the four of us in this two seater, and he's driving around showing us. Uh, really this beautiful place that is Troubadour and it was towards the end of the night. So sun was setting and we get to the top of the hill. And if any of you have been there, you kind of know this view. If you haven't, hopefully one of these days you get to, uh, experience it. That's Rizzo hacking in the, in the background. <laughs> Apologize. Um, and you know, you're at one and 18 kind of between you just have this beautiful kind of view. It's gotta be one of the prettiest views in Tennessee. Yeah. And so Julia looks at me and she's like, I don't know what we have to do to do to get here. But let's try to figure this out. Mind you, we just built our dream home yeah. two years before in Burley, Tennessee. Dream home. And in my head, I'm, you know, I'm starting, you know, but when your wife says, like, if we could do this, let's do it. And I'm a dreamer. And, you know, like when your wife says, you, you know, I wanted to be the hero for my wife. And so in my head, I'm like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, so in my head, I was saying, I don't know how we're going to make this happen, but I started thinking about, well, if we don't buy the place in Oregon and all that, I'll spare you all those details. But I was like, I think we can, I think we could potentially do it. You know, I started asking Ben just kind of property questions and cost of building. And so, uh, needless to say, we ended up, um, you know, that was December. We ended up closing on a lot in mid-March in Troubadour, flipped our life upside down, sold our house and, um, it's been one of the best experiences that I would say we've ever had being able to be part of the community, the people we've met at Troubadour and just what it, uh, what it means for our, the future of our family. I remember when we were talking to Ben and, you know, he's been to Troubadour as part of a, a d bigger developer called discovery. And he was asked, you know, we just shared with him, like, what other places you really enjoy? And talking to his kids, he said, Hey, I asked our kids, like, where do we want to go? And they said like any discovery property because it's just so family friendly, family centric, obviously centered around golf, but they're every, the whole property is designed around the family. 
And after COVID and potentially not knowing if we're going to be able to travel, it's like, man, this is very appealing to us as a family, seeing, being able to raise kids here and um, know the people that, you know, you live with. It's pretty small. I think 398 lots is kind of the plan where a lot of golf communities are, you know, thousands of homes. This is, is not that. Um, so needless to say, we, we, we did everything we could to make it happen. Um, it's been an incredible investment, uh, as well. Um, and we'll, I'm sure over the, the, the time talk more about Troubadour, but, um, it's just been for me, uh, golf, you know, so I remember the first time we played it, uh, kind of a quick turn back to this hole in one conversation. First time we played Troubadour is kind of like a, before we even became members, um, we ended up coming up to hole 16, which is a par three, uh, Fazio is the architect. And if you guys have been to Fazio courses, you know, there's always typically this hole that's got this beautiful waterfall kind of man-made. And I just, we played it the first time and it was a, there was a sucker pin behind the, uh, the sand. It's up, you know, uphill. And I had one of my best three woods I'd ever hit up to that point. And it w rolled off the back. And I was just like, man, this is a hard hole, especially with that kind of pin placement. But I looked at Julie after we finished it. I said, I think that's my favorite hole. And so um, about nine months later, uh, I was, we were with friends, crew was with us. My best friend, you know, Trey and his wife, Rochelle was with Julie. And then their two kids, Max and Zoe were with us. And um, this was, I had just entertained our team for the day. So we were there for the team. So we had played 18 holes with my team earlier in the day. And then the families met us out there for the second 18 and on hole 15, I was just like, I fatted two or three <laughs> shots. I was just tired. I wasn't getting through the ball. I'll never forget before I went to the tee box, I told Trey, I was like, hey, I'm going to really just focus on getting through this ball. I'm not going to hit this thing fat. And did it, and a ball's in the air, and it's halfway in the air, and Trey's like, I think that's going to go in. It hasn't even landed yet. <laughs> but for those of you that know Troubadour in hole 16, the pin was front right, you know, so probably the most friendly pin placement it could be. But 16 is a hard, a hard hole. And it, it was, feels like it's 5,000 miles long. Yeah. It's, it's such a weird So I hit an eight hole. iron about 100 and, 148 yards. And then it rolled in about five, five or six feet. And we, Trey and I saw it. We're like, we think that went in. And like Julie is up there in a golf cart at her tee box with talking to Rochelle. And she's not even paying attention. Sorry. And our kids are screaming, hole I, in one, hole in one. Sorry, I was caring for the kids. <laughs> No, the kids were with us. You were having a conversation <laughs> yeah. with Rochelle. Make me look good. Um, and so we ended up just like Julie drove up really fast to kind of see, and there's just video. And it was, it was one of those things I was just like, never, ever imagined hitting a hole in one. I never looked over a ball thinking, oh man, what would happen if this mm -hmm. actually goes in? Needless to say, I've thought about it since then, now <laughs> that I've had that experience. Uh, but never had, you know, playing 18, and I'm 18 months at that point, not even, uh, it was just, uh, a dream come true. And it's fun to be able to say hey, when someone, Hey, if you hit a hole in one, I can actually say yes. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty exciting. So it was pretty awesome. And it's been a, been a, a fun journey. And then even to top that all off is, you know, they ended up gifting me the flag from that pin. And, um, you know, it's actually the only hole in one at hole 16 at Troubadour. The other par threes have six, seven, eight hole in ones. It's a fairly new course. Um, Julie surprised me this Christmas with a flag bag. If you do not know what a flag bag is, I highly recommend checking them out on Instagram, flag bag golf, but you can send them any flags from any courses that you want. They'll build a, in essence, a Sunday bag, a carrying bag 
for you off of those flags. And I had uh, done one for Julie the year before. It's my favorite thing I've ever owned in my life, I think. No exaggeration. Yeah. It's such a cool sentimental piece that you also get to use. It's awesome. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. So we've had the, the luxury of playing a lot of courses and um, over the last almost two years, I guess April this year will be two years of us picking up the game of oh, golf. Yeah. Um, what what would you say has been kind of your favorite? Let's just say course. Oh, here not, we go. I love favorites, and Julie hates favorites. So not your favorite resorts where you're like thinking about oh all the courses, but I'm saying your favorite course you've played. And I know it. So if you lie, I'm going to call you out. You don't know it. I do know I mean, it. You don't, you might think you know it. Yeah. So I think the course that has been, I'm not going to say it's my favorite, but it was like, aha. It was like I was walking through heaven with Sheep Ranch in. I knew it. In the very well known Bandon Dunes Golf Resort. Um, I loved the yellow flags against the blue ocean i mean what started the day started foggy and then the fog lifted and it went from like moody and all the ghost trees and the ocean and the fog and everything lifted to like the bright blue skies and the yellow crisp flags and wind but not too much wind and i played really good and it was a magical round of golf so i'm not gonna say it's my favorite but I'm not gonna. I'm not giving into your games. You're I'm back pretty sure she said corner. favorite. I don't know. We can, you know, go back to the tape and say, but I'm pretty sure she said favorite. Um, How for, about you? For me, uh, yeah, it, that's a hard, hard question. But I would say I think Aaron Hills has become my favorite course. So we played it. I knew that. Yeah. So I played it last fall. It was our kind of our first. We could probably have a whole episode talking about our Wisconsin golf adventure last year when we booked this trip with Jeff Marsh and his wife. And, you know, Julie's not a big planner or going out and looking about what we're doing. She's like, we're going to Wisconsin to play golf. Like she didn't really know much about Wisconsin golf. And oh my gosh, that was an epic Didn't know much about Wisconsin, period. Now it's one of my favorite states. So we landed, we ended up playing a local muni before we ended up going and playing Whistling Straits. We were going to play Black Wolf Run, which is a... Kohler course as well, but lightning and all that happened. So we ended up getting to Sand Valley. Uh, so playing Sand Valley and Mammoth Dunes, that was just a, an epic, epic trip and met some incredible friends there, Kirk and Shalina Rice, and uh, just been fun. And then we ended up going back this year. So we got, and we played Aaron Hills then too, and uh, closed the course down on 18. It was pitch black when we were teeing off, but raining, uh, hard, raining, sleeting, pelting. It was freezing cold. Yeah, but man, that was a fun the stuff memories are made of. We'll never, never forget. And so we played it again this year and again, rain a little bit, first few holes. There's just something about that property, how open it is. I mean, we played Chambers Bay as well. It feels very similar to Chambers Bay. It's link style, uh, but literally in the middle of nowhere, Wisconsin. Aaron Hills feels like a different world. We were also the first people out and I don't think anybody else was on the course until like an hour after us. So it felt like we had the whole place to ourselves. And Frank the Caddy was awesome. He was amazing. He was so, so great. We can have a whole episode about caddies. This is true. We've had some really fun, really amazing caddies. Yes. And we'll probably interview some caddies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll definitely interview some caddies. Batman. Batman, if you're listening, give us a call. Yes. Um, One of the things I feel like just in the light, the heart of this podcast is the people, the, the community that this golf game sport has really brought into our world and 
I'd love for you just to kind of take a little bit, reflect back on just the, the people we've been able to meet and, you know, call them out by name, people that, you know, are our friends now because of this game. And, um, you know, there's a few people in my mind that I think of, but if you, if you're yeah. stumped, I can, I've, I can jump in. I feel a little on the spot, but I, I, I think what's just, well, Jeff, Jeff and Elise have become really good friends. Kirk and Shalina Rice, you mentioned, um, Ben and Heather Crane, um, have become good friends. Um, who, if do you Kyle have a Walton. few, Oh, Kyle Walton, of course. Yeah. yeah. Give me golf. Um, shout out. He'll be on the podcast season one. Um, gosh, there's so many, I think it's just fun. I mean, I like playing with just Chad and crew, but you know, when you get paired up with people, you kind of become quick friends with them. Um, if you have other names in mind, I'm not good at being put on the spot. Yeah, I would just say, I mean, for me, one of the, when I look back at what this game has meant, um, is actually a high school friend of mine that I hadn't seen for years. And I knew he grew up playing and he started following me on Instagram, I think. And, um, we just started connecting and it was able to host him at Troubadour, uh, Drew Piquet. And then he ended up hosting me up at the Dunes Club, which is Mike Kaiser's kind of first course up in New Buffalo, Michigan. And just having the opportunity to go and play two days with him and just catch up on his world and his life, like that's one relationship that I don't think I would have. And he was one of my best friends growing up from mm -hmm. grade four to high school, uh, first couple years of college before we kind of just went different ways. Um, that's just, a, I think, a, a fun friendship that I'm sure we'll have plenty of guys golf trips. You know, Trey Dunavent, Chase Baker, Clark Campbell, that was our first, my first guy's trip. Mm. We, we went on the four of us, Pinehurst. went to Pinehurst, didn't even take driver out of the bag at that mm -hmm. point in my game. Literally yeah, for the first, you, like, were, you were pretty I was, bad still. I was a horrible golfer. No, not horrible. You were pretty bad. Horrible. And we're like, we're going to go to Pinehurst. We're going to play number two. <laughs> we're going to play number four. We're going to play number eight. Uh, we ended up playing five of the eight courses and literally the driver didn't come out of the bag. At that point I was hitting, I was in the yeah. fairway. I'd hit three woods, about 170, you can, you 180. You can break your three wood. I mean, Still 170, 180 on three woods, not great, but yeah. we'll take, now I'm hitting it about 210. Yeah. Well, I, I think to your point a little bit too, is that I grew up playing with my mom and dad and they still play. Um, they provided golf for me growing up and now that with them moving here, um, they're able to play at Troubadour, their members as well because of us. So how many, like how often can you spend kind of four hours of uninterrupted time with multi-generations, you know, my grandparents or my parents, Chad and I and crew and then we have recently just gotten Chad's dad to take up the game too. So just stuff like that. Do you don't, it's like going for a walk with somebody, like you sit down and, you know, try to have a talk with somebody and, you know, it can be kind of stale, but anytime you're sort of moving and active and kind of out in the outdoors where something's inspiring, like there's just a mutual appreciation for what you're doing and people just feel more open and you're having fun. And it's a sneaky way to get to know people, a really fun way to get to know people. Um, Alexandra O'Laughlin's another one. She'll be on the podcast this season. Um, she's out at Troubadour, um, met her in a tournament, um, the club, our, championship. Our club championship that she won. Um, she's a great golfer um, and is becoming a friend as well. She works for the golf channel and just does a lot of really cool stuff that I'm actually interested in hearing more about. Cause I don't know what all she does, but, um, yeah, probably one, I would say one of the best content creators out there on social media. And so yeah. excited to hear more about, I know she's got her hands on a lot of things and yeah, she's the best female golfer I've ever played with in person. Um, it was fun to watch her play and prepare and, um, yeah. Awesome. Speaking of guests for season one, just a quick teaser. We've already mentioned, uh, Ben Crane will be, uh, up next on the, 
uh, next episode of We Tee Off, but Alexandra Laughlin, Kyle Walton. So if you're not fi- following Kyle Walton, I highly recommend it. Kyle C. Walton. Mm-hmm. Um, he is in St. Louis. He's got a, a organization or building a business called Gimme Golf um, Club, which is uh, basically a indoor part, basically a monthly subscription where you get access to indoor ranges and there's these events, tournaments, but also local muni. So you're able to go and play bunch of different municipal courses and we're we're actually our podcast uh, he's actually building a gimme golf um, network this is actually this podcast is part of the gimme golf network mm-hmm. and when we talk with Kyle we'll talk a little bit about his vision for that and we're super honored that we're part of that and being part of the kind of this golf community and um, he's you know, a really interesting motivated fun hang that's got a lot going on in the head so I, his episode's going to be yeah, awesome like two years ago he wasn't in the golf space yeah, at all and it's now pretty inspiring he's going to be you know last year he produced content at the u.s open u.s women's open uh so i can't wait to see to see that uh erica larkin who is one of the top 50 golf instructors according to according to uh, golf magazine and she's been one of my favorite instagram followers from the get-go mm-hmm. i've learned a lot from her just, uh, you know, she's got funny reels. Mm-hmm. I remember one where she like splashed water <laughs> to kind of like teach, you know, just the, the usage of the hands yeah. and just, uh, a talented, talented, uh, instructor and a good golfer mm-hmm. as well. Yep. And so, uh, we're super excited. There's our Ryan Barnett, Jeff Marsh. We're going to be bringing in, um, Jordan Griggs from Grayson. Grayson's become, you know, we haven't even talked about this, but fashion, like when I, for the first nine months when I sucked at golf, it was all about, at least you have to look good. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I probably, I didn't buy any like business piece of clothing for like nine months, but I bought all this golf. Like, so pretty much now I wear everything golf and I don't, I think I don't put any, it was Nike, but then I bought a piece of Grayson and I can't put Nike on anymore. It's, it's well, Grayson I, through and I through. I mean, you can put Nike I on. I can. Sorry, Nike. <laughs> there goes that sponsorship. Well, yeah. But Grayson, <laughs> I, I, it's, I'm all in on Grayson. Yeah, they and, make uh, some And now they just rolled clothes. out a, you know, a female line. line called Grayson Scarlet. I got, Are you rocking? Well, I had them on today. Um, I got a pair, I think, even before the actual release. Troubadour mm-hmm. had some in the pro shop, and I snagged them. And they are comfy. Yes. So we're excited for that. Who else? Um, surprise guests. Yeah, surprise guests coming up. We're working on a couple really big names. I don't want to, you know, we don't have the definitive yeses yet. I would love to tease those names. But we just don't have them yet. But uh, we're excited. Um, you know, just in a couple of weeks, we just found out we're going to be playing L.A. Country Club. Yeah. I just got a trip, like literally a buddy of mine, Dale Williams from Refuge Foundation, invited me to like a trip with his his boys uh, out in La Quinta. So we're getting to, you know, avoid this. So I've got two golf trips to California this month. Mm. So lucky you rough you just life. have one rough life. You just have one, but you're, <laughs> you're coming to play LA country club. Thanks to Kevin, a local member at Troubadour, but also a member at LA country club. So, um, so what you're saying is it's going to be a good season. Yes. Great and we're season. Gonna have a lot of fun. Our goal is that we are going to do 12. We're going to, we're going to do a couple seasons a year. It's not going to be a seat. Like we're going to do 12 or 15 episodes and then be able to take a break because we really want uh, to be able to focus on our family and adventure and travel still. And we'll probably take a month to six weeks off before we release the next season. Uh, and then we're going to release uh, episodes in the season a week apart. So you'll be able to get binge 12 to 15 weeks if you wait, or you can just wait, you know, watch or listen a week at a time. So. I can't imagine somebody binging 
something that I'm talking about. There's going to be some these days binging. And yeah. what's great, I think uh, we didn't talk about this, like the vision of the podcast at the beginning. That was something in my notes. We kind of talked, like looked over a little bit. We, we really want this podcast to be like the people we're going to bring in. Like we're going to talk golf and probably nerd out a little bit, but it's really going to be about what is the golf game of golf mean to them, to their family, their origin story of how they picked up the game. Yeah, it's and, more personal. Yeah, feeling behind the curtains. More, yeah, a lot more personal. That's the the empath in Julie and the Enneagram fourness in her. Um, but I'll. I I'm, might cry. I'm sure there a will time be tears. or two. I almost yes. cried on this episode. Actually, and I'm I did. A, when I'm a data guy. Julie is like all feel. We will like, have that argument later. Yes, and I'm a big fan of Arco's caddy. The sensors you put in your clubs. Like I literally track everything. Give strokes, gained analytics. And she just... That hurts my head. Yeah. And she's just like... So the best gift I can give to her sometimes is when we're going out and playing, you know, 18 or 9 afterwards is to not, you know, not turn on mm-hmm. Arco's caddy and just mm-hmm. be present and play. And, I'll, you know, it's fun, but it's not the same, mm. you know, because what I love doing is I love looking back and just reflecting back. Oh, I know. I, I reflect back with you. Yeah, you sure mm-hmm. do. So, <laughs> well, episode one is under the belt with a little bit of a dog in the background. I'm really surprised that Cruz upstairs, she uh, yeah. never came down. The dog was the, the madness at well, this time. You know what? Real life. I think we all, we all understand the, um, what do you, what is the thing? The zoom, <laughs> the life of the zoom during COVID is not perfect. It just is what it is around here. So awesome. Until next time. Have a great week. Hit them straight if you're in a place that is warm. If not, get indoors and keep the game uh, going strong. Yep. And you're, if you're looking for us on Instagram, we are at we tee off. And she is at she tees off, and I'm at he tees off. So the, those three accounts, they all have a different vibe, as yep. you kind of see if you you follow. Um, and we've got some really fun plans on all of those. So. Uh, check us out there. Hopefully we'd love to, to connect with each of you and hear more about your, your golf journey. So yeah. and we'll see you next week. Today. See you next week. On the next episode, Julie and I are going to be interviewing our good friend and PGA professional Ben Crane. Uh, we're going to talk with him about what, how he got into the game of golf, why he loves the game and what it means to him and his family. And I think you're going to find a couple fun tidbits about his history with the game and uh, just a fun, fun personality. So tune in next week.